We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Way early this morning, Brad Higdon shared a major spoiler alert from everyone's favorite hit show, Sad Emojis, to express his feelings about the plot twist and a playlist he made to drown out his sorrows? Dude, oversharing alert. Brad, Geico has something worth sharing with those who haven't defriended you. Like how you could save hundreds on your car insurance at Geico.com. So stop moping about the post-apocalyptic world and start saving in the real world. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can use the promo code Rotowire when you deposit on DraftKings. That'll get you a free contest entry today. All right, it is Friday, November 6th. Uh, week nine in the NFL is approaching. Nick Whalen here with Mario Puig. We're kind of mixing up the the podcast hosting schedule this week. Uh, the regular host Derek Van Riper. He's in Arizona doing baseball things. Yeah, he's scouting uh, the youngsters or whatever with Clay and James. So uh, we're we're short on talent this week. James sent me a photo last night around like one a.m. of of them drinking hams or at a bar at least, that was openly serving hams with multiple ham signs around. So I was very glad to see that that's made its way to Arizona. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't drink too much of that myself, but uh, I mean, it's in my right price range, Shocking. I guess. Yeah I, yeah. yeah, I actually passed up hams. I was at, at the local uh, liquor store last night, and they even had a sale on hams, and, and I, I don't What's, know how I what did it. What is wrong with you? You didn't get it? I didn't get it. Dude, that's like, are you sure they weren't giving it away? Well, it was close. See, last time I went to this liquor store, they didn't have hams, or they had it, but it wasn't like on display. And I thought I would make, you know, a funny joke. And I went up, you know, to the cashier lady. I was like, "Hey, can you can you show me to like the vault where you keep your your hams or anything? Or is there like a secret door I need to go through?" And she just looked at me and was like, "We don't have hams. This is in 1989." Like, well, Whoa. then I won't. Uh, then I won't give you my money. Yeah, exactly. I, I ref- like, well, I'm protesting I'm this liquor store. That has hams. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like as far as I have chilled for hams more than any other brand i think possibly ever and as far as cheap beers go it's up there yeah i mean i uh, have no taste in anything in particular so like as long as it's not mountain creek or it's you know it's it's like colt 45 mixed with a little water what is mountain creek is that like a, a knockoff it, mountain dew i don't know it tastes like mud water <laughs> mixed with like a bad wine i think a red kind but i also don't know anything oh, about wine so yeah yeah i'm not really big into the wine game either but we're going to talk about, uh, basically, well, you know, this isn't the DFS podcast, but it is Friday, and we'll probably start talking about DFS lineups, taking a look at the values that we would see on DraftKings at each position. Before we do that, six week nine buys to keep in mind, Arizona, Baltimore, Detroit, Houston, Kansas City, and Seattle, all out of action. So, you know, obviously, if you're in season-long leagues, make sure to keep an eye on that. Uh, and also a reminder that the podcasts in all of our RotoWire podcasts are available on iTunes. They're also available on Stitcher. And they're also available on the RotoWire website. So if you just go to rotowire.com slash podcast, you can listen, uh, you can stream, you can download directly from there. All right, so let's get into the DraftKings values. We'll start with the quarterback position. Mario, Tom Brady, by far the highest-priced QB this week. He's at 8500 Aaron Rodgers second at 7400 So obviously an $1,100 difference there. Uh, are you looking to pay up for a quarterback this week, or is there anyone maybe lower on the list that, that you think is a great value? Well, I probably won't pay up for Tom Brady at 8500 but looking at his numbers this year, it's kind of hard to tell anyone that they shouldn't pick him. Uh, 33 points last week, 32 the week before that, closer to 33 than 32 actually. So basically two straight weeks of 33 points. He's at home where he's just invincible, and he's been invincible on the road this year too, not that it really matters that much, but uh, I still probably won't go for that because I do like, I mean, wh- what are the odds of Aaron Rodgers having two bad games in a row? Like it just, it, right. it can't really happen and it won't. So even though it's on the road against Carolina, I think I think Rodgers gets going pretty well. Um, with that said, it's more in my nature to kind of target those middle range guys that I think can outperform their price tag. And for instance, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is at home against Oakland, sixty six hundred. Definitely seems like a first game back uh, kind of rusty 
you know, 11 point effort against Cincinnati last week that probably dragged down his salary a bit. He was in the the mid 7000s I believe before that uh before he got hurt that is like 7300 as of week 1 anyway. So, yeah, 6600 against against Oakland. That seems like something I'd like to build around, especially with uh, the tandem of Antonio Brown still down at 8100 which is a little bit below uh, his general Ben Roethlisberger uh, salaries. So I'm probably going to build around Roethlisberger pretty well this week. But otherwise, I mean, we got Matt Ryan going against a San Francisco defense that can't defend the pass. Uh, do you, do, what do you think about Drew Brees against the Titans? I'm not inclined to buy into last week's 10 touchdown or whatever <laughs> game that he had. Uh, just just seems so fluky, and I don't think they have the personnel to keep it going. And I'm not convinced that he's really that good anymore. But. Right. I mean, it, that was so 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 fluky. I, I don't know what his ownership rate was in Week Eight, but I can't imagine it was very high. I mean, he was even on a lot. Of, if you're in a you know a ten or twelve team uh, season long league, he might have not even been starting in that. Oof. But you look at his touchdowns, you know, by week one, one, two, two, one, one, seven. I think there's a pretty clear outlier there. So, I mean, yeah, it's the first six games. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't like this Tennessee defense by any means. You know, obviously they're going through a coaching change, so uh, some, some tumultuousness there, I guess. But at the same time, I think what's what's the upside for Breeze? You know, I mean, three touchdowns. I mean, he's clearly not going to go for seven again. I definitely would not chase the points with him. I, that might be short-sightedness on my part because I, I would have scoffed and ridiculed anyone who told me before that game last week that he would throw more than three. Like, I, I really would have made fun of them a lot and uh, – so I'm I'm obviously not qualified to have an opinion on this, but I won't pick him. That's sad. Um, yeah, and I mean Philip Rivers is 6900 still, which against the Bears at home, I mean that's that's a great matchup. Even without Keenan Allen, I'm not worried about that because the Bears don't have the defensive personnel to stop anyone in particular. And that offense, is, as long as they can't run the ball at all, which it seems like it'll be the case all year, um, you can expect Rivers to to keep that you know torrid passing yardage pace. Right. What about Tyrod Taylor? He's a guy that's going to be back now. Uh, they come out of that bye week after losing to the Jags in London two weeks ago. Not a guy that's been throwing for a lot of yards when he's in the lineup. Does have three games of over 200 yards, but you look his last game that he was in the lineup, that was against Tennessee. Just 109 yards passing. Did have 76 yards rushing and a touchdown, so there is a little bit of upside there on the ground. You know, If you're going to go really cheap at the QB position, is he a guy that you're going to consider? 5,300 is really cheap, so it's especially when you factor in his ability to run the ball. Uh, it's it's hard to see how that isn't a good value. I guess the question is whether he can give you the ceiling you want. Um, but yeah, it, it, when he's putting like forty yards on the ground a game, that that's kind of like a nice handicap uh, to to account for whatever you know turnovers he might have. And then it's like he d- he did well against Miami earlier this year. I'm pretty sure. Uh, let's yeah. So at Miami, he had 277 yards, three touchdowns passing. So I guess there's reason to believe he can hold his own as a passer in this one too. But uh, yeah, hopefully he gets loose for some rushing production. Um, I'm probably I'm probably gonna not go with someone like him though outside of GPPs. I think uh, for cash game purposes, I'm gonna stick with Roethlisberger Rivers for the most part. But yeah. Uh, GPP tournament setting it's 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 really hard to discourage anyone from considering Taylor when his price is that low right yeah exactly when you look at the other options in that range I think he probably has the highest upside any quick thoughts on on Marcus Mariota going up against what's a pretty bad New Orleans secondary yeah I I don't know what to make of that but I'm a believer in Mariota's talent I I think Wisenhunt is such a bad coach that him getting fired in the middle of the week or whatever isn't going to affect anything uh, at least not in any negative sense but yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of scared of a rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, let's see. So 
is this this is his first game back from the injury and his last game he he had two so he had three interceptions to one touchdown before he had the injury there and also has been losing fumbles this year right i'm probably gonna stay away from him but again gpp setting he still hasn't gotten loose as a runner yet which has to happen eventually because he's fast and he can run the ball he's been he's been really disciplined as a passer um but yeah if he can get going as a runner it's like i I guess I would prefer him over Tyrod, actually, just because I feel like the defense, the like the, the defense he's going against is more favorable. Um, playing in the dome, maybe he'll even have a little bit more burst there. But uh, yeah, generally, I, I feel like guys like Roethlisberger and Rivers have enough upside where it's it's uh, worth paying like a thousand more for the higher floor they offer. And I, I just think the risk of a Mariota or a, a Tyrod owning team outpacing you at that position is just pretty low. All right, let's move now to the running back position, Devontae Freeman. I believe this is the first week that he tops the the salary rankings. He's at 8,000. Le'Veon Bell directly behind him at 7,800. Obviously not a guy that you're going to want to use this week or the rest of the season. Um, I guess he's another injury we can touch on. What was the official ruling on him? Was It a, It wasn't an ACL, right? It was an MCL, but yeah, definitely season ending all the same, which uh, obviously makes D'Angelo Williams pretty intriguing this week. He's he's not super cheap at 5,500, but the way that offense uses, uh, it channels so much usage through the running back position. Um, I mean, Williams had 41 carries in the two weeks that Le'Veon Bell was suspended to start the year, so you know he's going to get work, and the odds of an Oakland defense completely shutting him down don't seem that great, but uh, that... that that game has has some pretty interesting shootout potential in general. I actually meant to mention uh, Derek Carr has been pretty awesome this year. Outside of like a game where he got hurt and a game against uh, the Broncos, who made you know Aaron Rodgers look like a chump last week. So I think Derek Carr at fifty five hundred is someone there that, that I meant to, to point out, and I would definitely take oh, him sure. over Tyrod and Mariota. But yeah, that game. I mean, the Pittsburgh secondary isn't that strong personnel wise. They can shut down the run pretty well. But it's easy to, for me to imagine that game uh, being a good amount of points for a bunch of people, 5,500 for Williams included in that list. Um, I'm wondering, with Todd Gurley up to $6,900, is it finally time to uh, consider a fade there? Like He was so ludicrously underpriced the, ca- the last couple of weeks, uh, 6,300 last week after 5,000 the week prior. He's now up to 6,900 on the road against Minnesota team that I think can play pretty good defense. Um, they haven't been super consistent this year, but uh, yeah, I, I'm almost wondering if I'd rather pay the extra 400 for Peterson. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's not an automatic pick for Gurley this week like I, it was the last two. Right, and like you said, his salary is now up to 6,900. Is the reason that you might want to fade him just because the ownership is going to be so high? Well, I, I think it'll be lower than the last two weeks just because of the salary jump. It's more a question of like. Now that he's pushing 7000 he's not just a clear salary tier below all those other guys who he was still obviously better than. Um, where he's at 6900 he's fourth most expensive on the slate, third most when you remove Bell, obviously. Um, that's probably where he should be. Like He should be in the top five one way or another. Uh, but yeah, now it's like, do you want to, you know, going to Gurley is a matter of paying up because you can drop to, uh, you know, you can drop to... 5700 for a Doug Martin going against a Giants defense that uh hasn't done so well lately after giving up you know 12 touchdowns to the Saints last week uh you got D'Angelo at 5500 so I'm more inclined to go to that middle range and again try to find someone that I think can outpace their price there um but yeah I'm not sure Gurley has uh you know the matchup that I like for that kind of price when there's alternatives like the other two guys I mentioned 
Yeah, looking up and down the running back salaries this week. Mark Ingram up at 6,500. That seems a little bit high to me. DeMarco Murray, 6,400, kind of in that mid-range. What about Eddie Lacy at 6,100, a guy whose stock has really plummeted since the start of the season? Yeah, I guess it makes sense to get some GPP exposure to him, but I, I don't have the guts. I just I, I don't trust him at all. I don't trust him or Starks. And, uh, I mean, it's got to be the Aaron Rodgers show anyway. He's He's got to score, like, five touchdowns to make up for uh, – the lost pace against the Broncos from last week. So I'm not expecting the the Packers to do much running in general. Um, but yeah, I in that range, it's a lot of just mostly unattractive options for me, I guess. I, I like Ingram a little bit just because being at home and being a decent favorite, you have to, I guess, like his chances of having the game flow in his favor where, you know, New Orleans won't be pressured to play catch up or um, you know, they'll they'll hopefully get some short fields from from a shaky Tennessee offense. But uh, yeah, it, again, I'm kind of going to that uh, 5,500 D'Angelo Williams, uh, 5,700 Doug Martin. Then it's like we also we got we got Lamar Miller back, five thousand dollars. I know it's not the greatest matchup against Buffalo, but they seemed pretty committed to him before the bye. Uh, he had 113 yards, 175, and then even in that New England train wreck, he caught five passes, ran for a touchdown to somehow pad his stats a little bit um but yeah otherwise i mean i guess the the big uh discussion at running back otherwise would be uh regarding jeremy langford who's down at four thousand against the san diego run defense which is the worst of all time so um yeah four thousand for jeremy langford that's that's probably the closest thing to the todd Gurley like mass uh you know like 50 percent ownership type scenario at running back it's probably him this week not to say that he's nearly as talented as Gurley because he's not but the the circumstances are very favorable, and you know the price four thousand. That that's definitely a building block kind of target, I think. Are you worried at all about Kadeem Carey kind of encroaching on that, or is this going to be Jeremy Langford, you know, ninety ninety five percent of the carries? I don't think Kadeem Carey is a good prospect at all. Like he's he's a small running back who's also very unathletic, whereas Langford's kind of middling. But he he did have the fastest forty at the most recent combine. That was more because of a disappointing class of running backs a 442 is what he ran which is not normally enough to uh finish that high but he's totally adequate and the matchup is so good um i, I just at that price 4000 I, I don't think i need to to consider anybody you know over him in that range like it's just the opportunity the workload just just seemed to greatly you know exceed what the price implies all right antonio andrews starting this week for tennessee um that backfield has obviously been a mess. I think they've lost what six or seven in a row now. Um, I mean, is Antonio Andrews worth a, worth a complete gamble? You know, down in the you know in the thirty six hundred range. Yeah, that, that is really cheap, and I mean, for a guy who had sixteen carries a week ago, it's 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 hard to just like to 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 rule him out. It's but it's not in my nature to go after someone like that who. Even though he's getting more work, I still don't take it as a given that he'll get a similar workload week to week. And then that offense, it's just you, you don't really know what you're going to get. I, I would rather definitely pay up for Langford and probably even some of the other guys in the you know five thousand ish range. Like, I mean, we we, we think that the the, the Patriots are going to stomp Washington. So Legarrette Blount at forty eight hundred makes sense to me. Uh, they, they're going to have time to run out for sure. Uh, if Ronnie Hillman, let's see. Looks like he's limited this week. Don't know what to make of the C.J. Anderson resurgence last week, but uh, Hillman's price didn't actually change. It's still 4600 uh for the third week in a row, it looks like. So 
I mean, that that might be worth chasing a little bit because it looks like Indianapolis is just a train wreck and that Denver defense can probably smother them, create some pretty short fields and some some red zone carries. Um, otherwise, I uh, can't believe I forgot uh, this guy. Uh, Darren McFadden, I thought, looked pretty good last couple of weeks. Uh, he's looked really good, and he always really has when he's healthy. Yeah, he's he's fast right now, which is I was totally caught off guard by that. Um, yeah, 64 yards against the Seahawks. And he's catching passes. He's got 17 catches in his last three games. So DraftKings PPR scoring, 4,300. Going against the Eagles, there's a chance that the Cowboys will have to go to a faster tempo than usual, um, especially if, if the Eagles get a lead, that'll, that'll be the case. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, like, I like McFadden quite a bit. I guess I, I, I kind of see myself building around a chalky of a selection as it all is, Langford, D'Angelo Williams, and Darren McFadden. Just because I, I think all three guys are in line for good workloads and pretty favorable matchups, where and all three guys can catch the ball too, which is which is pretty important on DraftKings. All right, let's move now to the receiver position. Looking at the top of the board, Julio Jones, kind of in a tier of his own, up at ninety three hundred. That's five hundred more even than Odell Beckham, who's coming off of a three touchdown game. Julian Edelman, Antonio Brown. Des Bryant at 7,900. Do you think they're trying to maybe bait some people into using Bryant? I mean, are you ready to, to trust that foot? That is tempting going against the Eagles. Uh, I don't think that I have enough faith in the Dallas quarterbacks, though, to buy into Des at that price. It's kind of kind of like when Antonio Brown, was his price was lowering with Roethlisberger out. It was like, yeah, that's a bargain if Roethlisberger is playing. If Mike Vick's playing, it's actually not a bargain, really. Uh, 7,900 for Des when... I, I mean, Odell is not like an easy alternative to pay up for, but it's it's definitely like a step one. See if you can pay up for Odell at nine hundred more, and if if you can't, I'd probably I'd probably rather drop below to uh you know oh sorry I meant to Antonio Brown eighty one hundred I think is a player that I'm gonna have in like the vast majority of my lineups. I feel like that price is a little low with with Roethlisberger back, and especially with Le'Veon Bell out, there's going to be a lot of usage. It's it's going to be the exact same circumstances, uh, aside from whatever rust Roethlisberger might have with his knee. It'll be the exact same circumstances as the first two weeks when Bell was out, and two games. So the two games that uh, Brown played with Bell out, 31 fantasy points, 39 and a half fantasy points against the Patriots and 49ers. So yeah, Antonio Brown at 8100 is the way to go, rather than does at 79. I think. I completely agree with that. I think you got to look at the quarterbacks, you know, or the quarterback, I should say, that, that Des Bryant is dealing with, and obviously that's going to mitigate his value quite a bit. A pair, <clears throat> excuse me, a pair of Denver receivers priced very close to each other. Demarius Thomas is at seventy five hundred. Emmanuel Sanders at seventy three hundred. Is there either of these guys that really sticks out to you, one over the other? No, I'd, I'd rather. I think there's some guys just below them salary wise who have similar um, or better better shares on the target distribution in their offenses who have probably you know better circumstances overall just because I, I still don't really trust Peyton Manning he did, he had a better game against Green Bay than he had basically all year but uh yeah I'd, I'd probably I, I really like these two guys in a row Mike Evans and Alshon Jeffrey uh 6800 for Mike Evans going against the Giants 6700 for Jeffrey Jeffrey's got a tougher matchup going against um the Chargers but I, I'm inclined to think that they're they're relatively decent passing rank is is largely due to teams just running so effortlessly on them and either way he gets so many targets in that offense him and Cutler are working really well together Jeffrey's playing at a high level no one can cover him when the ball's up high um I like him at 6700 um but yeah what, I don't know what to make of Amari Cooper against Pittsburgh I guess if I believe in Derek Carr as much as I said I do then I have to like him at 6700 because he's he's been pretty reliably targeted in that offense 
um, making a pretty strong impression as a rookie too. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess the way that I'm looking at this slate, uh, definitely building with Antonio Brown and probably going after Mike Evans quite a bit. Do you have any thoughts on Randall Cobb against the Panthers? Because I feel like if Rodgers is going to have a bounce back game, then I have to like Cobb quite a bit and 6,800 is pretty decent price for Aaron Rodgers' first target. Right. Yeah. I was going to ask you pretty much that same question. Just kind of talk about this game a little bit. Obviously Rodgers isn't going to play like he did last week. I mean, he, the Green Bay offense, a historically bad performance going up against Denver. But Carolina's a pretty, you know, a reasonable opponent as well. Obviously, another undefeated team in back to back weeks. The line for this game, it's in Carolina. The line is Green Bay by two and a half. Hmm. Which I thought was odd. Yeah, that is odd. I I think I agree with it though, just because I, I'm not I, I don't understand how the Panthers with basically the personnel that was the same as last year's could be, you know, this juggernaut all of a sudden. I think it's more likely there's somewhere in 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 the the middle of those two extremes of you know last year like oh they suck and this year like oh they're the best like they're probably just like a nine and seven and ten and six type team like they've been for a long time basically um but yeah i i i just don't know like i don't know how Devonte adams is going to fit into that offense now that he's back i don't know what to make of that stupid running game uh but i generally feel like the running game won't be there so maybe there's enough for it to go around between cobb and adams and jones but I don't know what Josh Norman's going to do, and I don't know what Josh Norman's effect is. Like, if he were to shadow Cobb, uh, that that would obviously be a bit of a deterrent in selecting him. But uh, I guess I'm, I guess I'll say I'm more likely to go 6,800 for Cobb than I am uh, trying to catch a bargain at 5,600 with James Jones or uh, let's see Devontae's at ooh, Devontae's at 3,900. So cheap. That's that's definitely like a GPP consideration for sure because uh, yeah, I mean. He was slotted to be that second receiver in that offense. Thirty nine hundred. He's not going to see Josh Norman if 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 Cobb is going to get any attention from him. So, yeah, I, I'm going to have to get some GPP exposure to Devonta Adams. But yeah, otherwise, I just don't, I don't think that the Packers offense even knows itself uh, enough to to kind of know how it wants to approach things specifically. And I, I don't know how they how they're going to use those targets either. What about a pair of receivers for the Jaguars? Uh, two guys that I think have really overperformed expectations. Allen Robinson, he's at 6,400 this week. They play in New York against the Jets. Allen Hearns uh, down at 5,300. Both of these guys have played really, really well. Allen Robinson making more, you know, more highlight type of plays, bigger yardage totals, whereas Hearns has a touchdown in five straight games. Is there really a rhyme or reason to how you would pick between these two guys? I don't think I would go after them, and it, it feels it's it's hard to argue why I wouldn't when Derek Carr just ripped up that new uh, that that Jets pass defense. But Revis and Cromartie, that's that's kind of enough to deter me. How especially many pick sixes. What's the over under on pick sixes for um, Blake Bortles this week? Uh I'll I'll put it at a half. I don't know. I'm 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 not super uh, down on Bortles or anything like that. But I, I also don't know like what the effect of Calvin Pryor if he's still out at safety for the Jets. Um, but yeah, I, I love Allen Robinson as, as a prospect. I think he's like a, on an all pro trajectory, pretty obviously. And Alan Hearns always is outperforming my expectations for him. So I, I'm, I have to be convinced he's, he's definitely proven me wrong too many times for me to, to commit to anything else. Um, but yeah, I'm just, it's, I guess it's more in my nature to not pay 6,400 for Allen Robinson against the Jets and instead target someone like Eric Decker at 5,300 in that game. Um, he's going against Jacksonville defense, which I, I mean, I feel like Decker has almost shown that he's matchup proof at this point. Um, he, he's just, he's got five touchdowns on 30 catches 
and he's got at, outside of week one when he caught two passes he's got at least four in every game since then uh including an eight catch and he's got consecutive six catch games uh no, apparently not much of a ceiling there uh i don't think he has a 100 yard game this year and he doesn't have any multi-touchdown games but man five five touchdowns and, and especially because he was playing a little gimpy for a while there uh but yeah him and then at 5500 martavis bryant i also probably would rather target just because uh, i feel like roethlisberger will be a lot more sharp this week and I, I i can't imagine uh any way that gets expressed other than nice games for both antonio brown and martavis bryant right and you know obviously they won't have Le'Veon bell and we talked about d'angelo williams being more than formidable as a backup I and mean, you could do a lot worse to lose your starting running back and have him but it's easy to forget how effective this Pittsburgh offense was through the first couple weeks of the season uh, when all those guys If Roethlisberger's awesome. in decent shape, they're good, for sure. Right. And uh, Oakland's obviously on the upswing as a franchise, but I still don't, I don't think any particular defense is equipped to stop a healthy Roethlisberger and a Martavis Bryant-Antonio Brown combo. So I think I, I, think I have to like them quite a bit this week. Uh, have, have you formed any opinion on Taven Austin in recent weeks? Because uh, I, I am baffled <laughs> by this guy. I, I had relatively high expectations for him coming into the league and then of course like i I lost all hope but six touchdown catches already on 24 receptions obviously he can make plays as a runner and returner too uh i'm not gonna pick him i I still don't have the guts to do it but i can't i can't lie it's like it's it's pretty intriguing it's it's tempting um also in this price range if if deshaun jackson surprisingly sits he seems to think he's gonna play uh but if he sits then uh dfs trader pierre garçon might be worth a look at five thousand um in a game where washington should just get buried right. playing at new england so i don't know maybe maybe some garbage numbers for him yeah. um otherwise uh what what is this this is an injury we should mention stefan diggs is listed as questionable um looks like he was a limited in thursday practice so he should be fine I but uh too much yeah he's he's been awesome i just don't know what uh like teddy bridgewater has not been awesome and dealing with that St. Louis pass rush might be enough to scare me away from Diggs this week. Although for his role, like they're basically using him as the number one receiver in that offense. Like North Turner is, is funneling targets to him, and Diggs is really good. So uh, yeah, if Bridgewater can stay upright long enough, there's no reason to think Diggs can't get open against pretty much any secondary. In my opinion, I've, I've thought he's been very convincing lately. But uh, yeah, Bridgewater has not been very inspiring in the, the times that I've watched that team. No, it's really been kind of all digs making those plays. Um, you know, we've seen the highlight catches. And it's been a while since, you know, I don't know, it's, we're probably not ready to anoint him as a, a number one receiver, but it's been a while since Minnesota's had anybody, um, you know, short of Percy Harvin, I guess, that's been this kind of playmaker on the edge. But going back to Tavon Austin, I had to pick him up in the Rotowire League this week, bunch of guys on by with those six teams off. So I'm starting him in the flex. I don't feel terrible about it. I mean, he not only is he being... He's, he's got six touchdowns right, and 24 catches. Right, he's, the, he's effective you know in in stints as a receiver but they've been using him on the ground too he has a few he has a few touchdowns on you know those kind of jet sweep type of plays he he does special teams so i mean obviously not a guy that's going to see a ton of targets not a lot to like about nick Foles throwing him the ball but he's on the field in so many unique situations that i think there's some upside there yeah i think they finally figured out how to use him which it it definitely merits a close monitoring but i'll probably stay away from for another week but uh Really quickly, sleeper receiver to target, 3,200 Stevie Johnson with Keenan Allen out. Um, I, I feel like he's he's got to have a really good chance at meeting value on that, and all you really need is like three catches for 50 yards and 3,200. He won't burn you, but I think he'll have a better game than that, so I'm probably going to build around a lot of Stevie Johnson. Um, 8,000 for Gronk. Are you doing it? 
I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna. I guess that's a good segue into the tight end position. I don't. I don't know. It's just so hard. He's twenty five hundred above anyone else. Greg Olson is the second highest priced tight end, and he's even over a thousand more than the number three, Jason Witten. I mean, when you're looking at it like this, obviously it depends where you're, where else you're going to spend up. But I mean, is can Gronkowski be worth this on a weekly basis when he's that much more? than anyone else i feel like the way his prices work these days the best way to look at gronk is as a flex option more than a tight end option in which case if we're comparing him to the receivers eight thousand is 200 less than julian edelman it's 100 more than des it's uh 100 more than or sorry yeah it's 100 less than antonio brown i'm definitely picking antonio brown over gronk this week but I guess if, if you're just switching up some variation there and you're, you're willing to go with like a wide receiver, like two wide receiver three types at the receiver positions and then, you know, let Gronk function as your wide receiver one basically in the flex slot, that that would be a coherent strategy, I think. But I don't I haven't had Gronk much this year, which breaks my heart because I, I going into this year, I thought I would have him all the time. But finally, the, the, the prices are definitely a, a sensible reflection of how how just unstoppable he is. Um, I guess one of the interesting, the more bargain area tight ends has to be Ben Watson at this point. Uh, he he used to he was like a four four type athlete coming into the league, but then he just didn't do anything for like twelve years. Um, he's finally starting to peak. Yeah, it's uh, at like thirty four or whatever. <laughs> he's finally just uh, turning into that beast of an athlete that yeah. everyone thought he would have been. I'm a Vernon Davis type. He was actually like that kind of an athlete. Yes, I think Vernon Adam or Vernon, Adams, Vernon Davis ran like a four three seven coming out of Maryland, but uh, Watson was like a four four five type or something coming out of Georgia. So I think he can keep going like this. Like I, I, I don't. It's not that like the receivers are so good that they have a reason to give the ball to someone else or something. And he's he's they have no big receivers unless you count Marcus Colson, which I don't really because he's probably slower than Ben Watson. So uh, I, I like Watson quite a bit at four thousand. I'm probably going to go after that. Uh, the, the targets are there, um, but yeah. Otherwise, like with with my guy Barnage already playing this week, uh, and with Vernon Davis traded, he's not actually eligible for points on DraftKings. Um, yeah, it, it looks like there's going to be it's it's kind of between like Gronk, Olson, and yeah, I guess I guess it's between like those two and Ben Watson for me. Uh, do, do you have any hope for Julius Thomas this week by chance? I don't know. They, I feel like the Jaguars really haven't had a chance to fully integrate him the way that they would like. He did have a big week a couple of weeks ago, but then you know followed it up with a, a pretty quiet performance. Obviously, he was hurt to start the year, but there's as effective as this Jags pass game has been. They almost like it's a weird problem to have. Like they're a bad team, but they have really nice weapons in the passing game. So I mean, you got Hearns, you have Robinson. Um, you know, Yeldon catches out of the backfield. Like, I, I just feel like Julius Thomas really isn't as high on the on the target food chain as he probably should be. At least for like GPP consideration, I think I like him. Um, just if we believe like uh, Antonio Cromartie and Darrell Rivas, if they can slow down Robinson and Hearns, maybe that means like by default they have to check down to Julius Thomas or something. Or maybe like if Julius Thomas is running routes against a safety, you have to like his chances of getting open better right. than anybody in particular going against Rivas or Cromartie. Um, so yeah, I guess I mean that's cheap enough for me to consider it, but probably not a whole lot i'd probably just I, I feel like watson's quietly got a very high floor for that price because they've, they're giving like double digit targets over there uh he's got in the last three weeks he's gone nine catches four catches 10 catches uh for 147 59 and 127 yards uh three touchdowns in his last four games 
I think that's that's a pretty good building block type thing there. And uh, do we know is um, what's his name Leonard Hankerson back this week? No, I think he actually was just recently. Uh, I don't know if he's officially ruled out, but he didn't practice Friday, and it's oh like yeah, he was he was just ruled out. And then uh, Jacob Tammy has generally actually been the second receiver in that offense whenever Hankerson has been out. So he caught 10 passes for 103 yards and a touchdown last week. Uh, his price is minimum salary at 3000 I think you have to like Jacob Tammy a little bit again uh, going against a San Francisco defense that uh, has had a lot of trouble stopping the pass. Do you want to talk defense at all? Yeah, let's do defense real quick to uh, round out this uh, rapid-fire uh, DraftKings podcast today. <laughs> so, yeah, defense, obviously not as much pricing variation here as with the other positions. The floor is the 49ers. Uh, they're home to Atlanta this week. They're at 2,100. The ceiling, St. Louis. Denver has Indianapolis on the road. We'll start with them. They're, they're the, best, uh, the best fantasy defense that we've seen this season. It, why, why do you think they are $500 less than a team like St. Louis? Well, um, they maybe the models are drawing on 2015 to, or sorry 2014 2013 Andrew Luck data instead of uh, what he's been this year. Right. I like Denver at three thousand. I don't think I don't think that the Colts can do really much right right now. Um, but yeah, the Rams at thirty five hundred is tempting to pay up for though, just because again I don't think Bridgewater has looked very good this year, and that that pass rush is just terrifying. Um, Actually, I'm I'm going to try to go for New England. I think primarily uh, when they're at home, they're 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 pretty intimidating. I think they're going to immediately run up the score. And I guess I guess Kirk Cousins in garbage time could just accumulate numbers rather than you know turn the ball over. But I think he's more likely to turn the ball over. So I kind of I, I like New England at 3,300, but uh, I'll probably split my action between them. The Jets at thirty one hundred and the Broncos at three thousand. I don't think I don't think it's obvious enough of an advantage to take the Rams to justify the extra few hundred to buy them. Um, but yeah, I to be honest, like I, I feel like every time I'm totally sure on a defense that that I'm just like totally wrong. So I've I've begun to hedge a little bit by kind of going with two or three. Um, but yeah, I think I think my three primary targets will be the Patriots. Uh, the Jets and the Broncos there like the, the Jets have a, had a garbage game last week but at least they're home and Bortles is still kind of a turnover machine even though he's made a lot of progress this year right yeah, I mean that Jaguars offense has looked so much better but at the same time if you're looking for those those takeaway bonuses I think that's probably the the offense to target something to consider the Eagles are 2700 they're going against the Cowboys who are just you know garbage on offense at least as long as Romo's out and the Eagles just despite their many well-known problems have actually had a very opportunistic defense they've already intercepted 11 passes this year uh they got 15 sacks two touchdowns if they're the best team to create interceptions and they're going against Matt Castle I think you have to like that one a little bit uh I, I like McFadden still in this game but I don't think he alone can you know make make a point total that hurts you too much with the Eagles so I'll have to reconsider that a little bit, but if, if there is a fourth target for me out of the three that I initially mentioned, it'll probably have to be the Eagles because, uh, yeah, the Cowboys passing game is just garbage right now, it, and, and Dez is amazing, but he can't make Castle, you know, something other than what he is. All right, let's get this wrapped up. I know you got to take a call for a radio show. Got some NBA things to take care of this afternoon, but quick word from our sponsor, DraftKings, before we head out. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. In week nine, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event. This time, $1.2 million goes to first place. 
Go to DraftKings.com now. You can enter the promo code ROTOWIRE. That'll allow you to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. Again, that promo code is ROTOWIRE for free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.